Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome to episode 130 of the Perpetual Traffic podcast. This is Ralph Burns and I'm filling in for my two co-hosts, Keith Krantz and Molly Pittman, off on a uh, holiday vacation, probably not together, but uh, separately uh, with a well-needed rest over the, uh, the Christmas and New Year's holiday. So happy New Year to everyone here listening to the podcast in January. I don't know exactly how long you have to uh, tell people Happy New Year, but I usually extend it through about March thereabouts. So if you're listening in March, Happy New Year. If you're listening in April, then uh, no Happy New Year because it's already passed. But anyway, today's uh, format of the show is going to be a little bit different than our normal formatting in that we're going to be going back to the most impactful episodes that we had here in 2017. There was a lot of good stuff that we talked about, a lot of things that core concepts that I think bear reiteration for you as a business owner or a consultant or somebody who's just starting out and trying to master this Facebook advertising platform, which we talk about each week here on Perpetual Traffic. So a little bit of a look back here to call out some of the things that we think are the most important key concepts for you to remember and to really keep in mind as you approach the new year and continue to ramp up your ad spend and hopefully grow your business in 2018. So in our first segment, I think probably the two most important podcast episodes from 2017, at least in my opinion, and stuff that we come up straight up against when dealing with customers and trying to convince them about the value of Facebook and how it affects and influences their entire business, their entire media spend, and not just their Facebook spend. Facebook is so far reaching. We now actually refer to this as the Facebook waterfall effect. So 
you get first or primary interaction on Facebook, but then it trickles down, sort of flows down to all your other media properties. And a lot of customers get very hung up on what we refer to as last click attribution when they disregard sort of that first click or that first view or that first touch as Facebook is going to refer to it in 2018. As we had said in an earlier episode, we're going to have far more data that's going to be available to us, data that's going to be usable and actionable so that we can use that data to make smarter buying decisions with our media. And in episode 123 and 124, our man, John Grimshaw, came onto the show and discussed exactly that. So if you don't know who he is, John Grimshaw is Digital Marketer's Analytics and Data Manager, and he joined us for this two-part episode that helps you understand the metrics that are most important for you to track as well as the selling systems that Digital Marketer uses in order to understand and leverage this new world view of how you as a business owner should view paid traffic. Attribution is about helping us decide what gets credit for success. And then ROI is helping us measure how successful we were. And so by kind of taking these two things together, we were sort of able to go back and re-examine and challenge all of our sort of preconceived ideas about what success looked like with traffic. So another big episode that we had in 2017 was episode number 108, where Andrew Tweedo from Funnel Boom came on and joined us to talk about the Facebook algorithm and how it's so important to actually let the algorithm do the work with some exceptions. Of course, you don't want it to do all the work for you. You have to actually do some testing first. But once you actually figure out what your hook, ad copy, your offer is, you can leverage the Facebook algorithm and thousands and thousands of data points to optimize your ads to get you the best possible outcome for your ad campaign. So you can scale and grow your business at the same time. So Andrew in uh, episode 108 gets really deep into how this algorithm works to ultimately help save you time. That's the way that Facebook actually designed the platform is for the small business owner so that they don't have to be in there every minute of every day. And Andrew explains that extremely well in uh, episode 108. When we're trying to scale, sometimes it's better to just let Facebook loose. Let them do the work. Let the technology do the work for you. Kind of be a little more hands-off because through their data science and through the machine learning, they're going to be able to identify who out of that huge, big audience they should be going after. 100% agree. Hundy. It's really important for you as a business owner to not only do what's in the present, but also plan for the future. As hockey great Wayne Gretzky once said, I don't go to where the puck is, I go to where the puck is going to go, whenever he would explain to people the secret of his success. And these segments are uh, specifically tailored to that exact mindset. So in the first one here, Michael Yang from ManyChat, the CEO of ManyChat, talks a little bit more of what's in store for messenger bots and messenger marketing in general and what kind of strategies you as a business owner or a consultant working for other businesses can deploy today so you can stay both human and also bring real personal value to the customer using bots, automation, as well as 
one of the coolest tools in the Facebook ad platform right now, which is the Facebook Messenger advertising format. Communication with customers is going to get more and more engaging. So right now we have chat. I imagine that soon we will have voice. And you'll be using Facebook Messenger not only to chat with businesses around you, but to call them. And in the future, I imagine in the five to seven years, Messenger as a platform is going to capture 80% of the business to customer communications volume. It's wow. going to eat from the SMS. <laughs> it's going to eat from SMS, from email, from mobile, from websites, from phone calls. Most of those things are going to get done through Messenger. And it's it sounds really out there. And it sounds like, hey, how is this ever going to be possible? But if you look at China, that's what essentially happened, already happened with WeChat. Two-thirds of the country use WeChat. And like every street vendor has a WeChat account and you can pay with a QR code without even opening your wallet. And that's done through WeChat. And if you've seen that, it, it wouldn't be such a crazy thought to see how this will also happen in countries where Facebook Messenger is really popular. This is why we are so excited about Facebook Messenger. And this is why we are right now focused on this platform and building a whole business on top of that, it's because this is going to be such a big wave that a lot of businesses will need beautiful products that make it easy to use those Facebook's API. So just like in episode 94, where Michael Yang was talking about the future of where a lot of messaging and direct-to-consumer advertising is going... On episode 82, we had the great Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner come out with a somewhat revelatory statement that social is dead. Here's a guy who came on our show, which is obviously all about paid media, and much to his credit, he actually talked about the primary pathway in which he built his business, Social Media Examiner. That pathway is now no longer viable. So... In episode 82, he actually talks about this in detail. So if you're relying upon organic traffic to sustain your business in 2018, you are where the puck once was. That's like way back behind the red line. For any of you hockey players out there, it is not where the puck is going. Not that organic shouldn't be a part of an overall marketing strategy, but it is far less important today just because of the way that all these platforms are evolving. And founder and CEO of Social Media Examiner, Mike Stelzner, explains to us why organic media is dead and details the medium in a new philosophy that you can definitely leverage to develop a loyal community and also uh, have a positive impact on your bottom line. So, Mike, would you say that organic traffic is is dying? Is this something that's been going on or has this always been the case? Well, here's the deal. I think that when you have a really big website, there's so many ways people can get there, right? There's email subscribers, which we have, I don't know, 560,000 of them. There's search, there's other websites linking to you, you know, and I kind of classify all these things into a big bucket called organic. And then of course there's social shares, which we have an outrageous amount of social shares on all of our articles. But anybody who knows anything about that data is that 
when you publish really great content, people love to share it, but they often don't read it. <laughs> right. So, you know, because they just trust it's good. They want to look good and they share it. So to your question, uh, what's going on with organic social? I would say it's dead. As wow. a matter of fact, I would say it's so dead that we no longer reshare any of our content on Twitter. We do nothing evergreen. Everything we post is once and done on social media. On Facebook, we do post a couple of, you know, recurring posts, but we have decided that we are no longer doing anything more than just once with social media. That's quite the stance. And I can say that we've seen a similar trend here at Digital Marketers. So you are not obviously alone. What do you think caused this? I think that it's a combination of things. First of all, I think that a lot of the social networks are following Facebook's lead. If you think about what's going on with Facebook, because Facebook is the 800-pound gorilla in the space, right. you know, with the biggest audience. And when you have that many people on a social network and you have so many people interconnected, the rate of content that's coming through is impossible to follow. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is just go on Twitter and actually look at the raw feed, which nobody does. And it's like a river, right? It's impossible to keep up with it. So somewhere along the lines, Facebook realized that we need to intelligently deliver relevant content to people that care about it based on all sorts of crazy signals. Thus, the algorithm was invented, right? And at first, marketers were up in arms about this because our content that we used to be able to post and would get just crazy amounts of traffic coming to our website started going down and down and down and down. And we have seen at Social Media Examiner a significant decline over the last three to four years to the point where it's so tiny that it almost doesn't matter. So in our case, if 4% oh. of our traffic is coming from all social, you know, then right. you, know, you gotta think maybe half of that's coming from Facebook, that's 2% of our traffic. It's almost so inconsequential that you have to ask yourself whether or not it makes sense to even drive traffic from social with money at all. Yeah. And in our case, we've decided we don't. We've never paid to drive traffic to our content and it is dead. Let's just be honest, it's dead. Facebook is running out of inventory. By mid-2017, mm. they will have no more inventory for paid advertisers. Yeah. So if there's no more inventory for paid advertisers, what's the chances of the organic stuff coming through? Zero. Right. And what's the chance of your organic post from a brand page showing before someone's actual friend or family member on Facebook, right? Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So in episode 104, Ryan Dice came on the show to actually talk about some major changes with regard to browsers and ad blockers and what that means to you as the advertiser. So digital marketing, as we all know, is constantly changing. It's not something that stays the same, especially if you've ever logged into the Facebook ads platform. It probably looks different today than it did last week. It's the first time logging in this week. But as a seasoned digital marketer, Ryan has seen lots of these changes over the years. And one of the things that he addresses in 104 is the future of ad blockers, what that means to marketers, how you should react, and how you should prepare for it. So it is an eventuality. After all, we are all advertising on someone else's platform. So we're not 100% in control of what happens and what the rules are out there. And uh, Ryan has certainly weathered many a change in the digital marketing industry. And he shed some light on some of the things that you'll see in 2018 with regard to ad blockers 
as well as other things that could get in the way of your marketing, but has some really profound and good insights to what you should do about it and how you should plan for your success. The consolidation that's happening in the ad space is happening in the retail space at a terrifyingly rapid clip. If you're not paying attention to that, if you don't know what's coming and how you can benefit from that or insulate yourself from it, then that's a wave that could potentially drown you. Don't panic. Don't freak out. It's going to be okay. I promise. So what are the implications to you as an advertiser? Well, I think there's a couple. One, it shows that really the two dominant players in the industry, Google and Facebook, are going to become even more dominant. And so if you're not playing in those you know, media, you need to, because that's where all the eyeballs are. That's where all the attention is. Google and Facebook represent 77% of all the ad spend in digital, and they accounted for all of the growth. And I don't see that changing, which means in a year, they're probably going to be closer to 80%. And in five years, it'll probably be over 90%. Now, long-term, what I think is going to happen? Well, I do believe that there's a lot of very, very significant ad tech companies out there that are not called Google and Facebook. And in aggregate, I believe that they can raise a lot of money to hire a lot of lobbyists. And so I see there coming a day when this kind of ad blocking move probably is going to land them in some kind of court hearing. You know, people who don't recall when Bill Gates had to go before Congress because Microsoft auto-installed Internet Explorer when somebody installed Windows. And the the U.S. government ruled that, hey, yeah, no, that's that's antitrust because... Windows was so dominant that by, you know, auto-installing Internet Explorer, it, it basically created an uncompetitive environment for, like, Netscape. When you think about something like that, right, case law like that, and by the way, I'm not an attorney or a doctor or an astronaut, so take this with a grain of salt. I do know my history, and my history tells me that when you have two companies that already control 76%, and now one of them, which also controls the largest browser population out there and they're saying that they're going to start blocking all of their competitors ads i just i don't see it going well so they're either not going to block the vast majority of ads because they're not going to perceive them as obnoxious and they really will only block the obnoxious ads which you know as an advertiser you shouldn't be obnoxious I mean, that's not a good way to have an initial first impression so either it's not they're not going to block as many ads as some people think or they're going to block way more ads than they should, and they're going to get freaking sued, and it'll it'll get worked out. Either way, as an advertiser, it doesn't it doesn't change your strategy, right? You're still advertising on all these different places to drive people to great content, to deliver that value in advance, to set the retargeting pixel, both Google Pixel and Facebook retargeting, so that at that point, you know, you have the ability to follow up via advertising across Facebook's network and across Google's network, which is seventy six percent. Remember that anytime something like this happens, it impacts the entire industry, the entire market. So it happened to you, but it also happened to your competitor, right? So there's nothing that everyone isn't also required to deal with. Now, for me, that that doesn't bother me. Those kind of things excite me because if it got a little harder for me, that meant it got a little harder for my competitor too. Well, I trust me to be smarter than them. I trust me to be willing to work a little harder, you know, to be a little bit more innovative. And so when these things happen, I really see it as an opportunity to kind of thin the herd. Uh, If there's consolidation occurring, that's fine. I mean, it's a fact of life. I just want to make sure that I win. You know, I want to make sure that I'm one of the ones in my market.
that is going to be there. So and I think if you approach it like that and not just a, you know, woe is me kind of thing, then you'll win too. If you approach it as a woe is me, then you'll be one of the ones left on the outside looking in. So in section three here, we're going to get into two very big concepts that we've somewhat uh, introduced here in the earlier parts of this podcast, which is how to leverage Messenger as well as how to leverage communities. And uh, this first section is probably one of my favorites, one that I've listened to a number of times. And um, our awesome producer has actually distilled down episode 80 of Molly Pittman. Basically, just we call it supercharged Molly on this because she is both the queen and the king and the CEO and ambassador of the world when it comes to messenger marketing. And uh, episode 80 is where she really gets deep into a lot of the strategies that uh, Digital Marketer and her specifically have used to leverage Facebook Messenger ads. So uh, definitely listen to that episode, but this gives you a, a tremendous amount of highlights on what you should be doing in 2018 and also a hint as to what might be coming down the line uh, later on this year with regard to messenger ads. So the bottom line is this, is that the companies who figure out messenger ads and use them in their customer journey in 2018 are the ones that are going to win. Really, when it comes to Facebook messenger ads, there are two different types of ads. The first is Facebook Messenger ads as a destination. So that's going to be an ad in your newsfeed that looks just like a regular link ad, but once you click it, it's going to open in a message with that brand or that Facebook page, whoever's running that ad. Once you click on the ad, it's going to open right in Messenger inside of a conversation with that page. So that's number one. That's Facebook Messenger ads as a destination. The second type of ad is called sponsored messages. So this is Facebook Messenger as a placement inside of Facebook. And this is a totally different experience. So when you're sending sponsored messages, you're actually sending messages to people's Facebook Messenger inbox. It's an actual message from your brand that's appearing inside of their inbox like a message from a friend would appear. Let's dive into the first type of message first. So this Facebook Messenger as a destination idea. So the way that you set one of these ads up or one of these campaigns up is really like any other campaign. When you're wanting this ad to be the destination to open right there in Messenger and you're setting up your campaign, when you're at the advert level where it says destination, instead of clicking website URL, you will simply click Messenger. So this is really you running a normal campaign, but instead of sending traffic to a specific URL, you are sending traffic to open inside of a message. So that's why we're calling these destination ads. You're just changing where the traffic is going. I do know that these ads can work to cold traffic, which is really cool, but it has to be done right. 
And just to give you a, an example of this, if you want to use these destination ads to target people at the top of the funnel, you really have to make sure that your ad is prompting a relevant question that really sets up a sales conversation. So let me give you an example. I met a guy a few weeks ago and he owns a home improvement company. So they do everything from plumbing to electricity to painting, landscaping, pretty much anything that, that needs to be done with your home, they can do it. They're the people that, you know, come fix stuff and improve your home. And he was asking me how... I thought that he could use this. And I said, run a campaign in your local area that says, what's the number one thing you would like to improve about your home today? So he had someone on dispatch, Manning Messenger, and people were clicking and they would say, I'd like to repaint my house or you know, I'm having issues with my plumbing or I'd like to upgrade my landscaping, right? They were telling this person the number one thing um, that they want improved with their home. Well, that made it very easy for, for the person manning the chat to have a sales conversation, right? They could say, okay, cool. You know, we paint homes. Here are our rates. We could get you in next Tuesday. How does that sound? And it's working for him because in his ad, he's setting up the ideal sales conversation. So no matter who you're targeting, if you're targeting people that have never heard of you before, if you're targeting people really you know, far down your customer journey, make sure that your ad is really setting up the ideal sales conversation. Because if your ad says, what's your favorite color? you're going to get a bunch of messages that are totally unrelated to your product or service. Let's talk about the second ad type here with messenger ads. And these are called sponsored messages. Now, a few things to keep in mind with these sponsored messages. Number one, you can only target people who have previously messaged your page. This is really, really important because if we were able to send messages to people's inboxes that had never interacted with us before, that would definitely not be a good user experience for Facebook users, right? You would have hundreds of messages in your inbox from, from Facebook pages every day. So this is what's really great and what's going to really keep marketers from ruining this for everyone is that you can only target people who have previously messaged your page with these sponsored messages. So just to give you an idea of how these sponsored messages have worked for us, again, this is very, very new. We've only sent four so far, but every single broadcast, other than the one we sent yesterday, which people are still opening, has over an 80% open rate. That's insane. So in episode 103, Susie Nelson, who is Digital Marketers Community Manager, came on to explain to us the value and the importance of community and how that actually fits into a business. This is something that I think a lot of businesses overlook, but Digital Marketer has done an especially great job uh, cultivating a very large and vibrant community on Facebook 
And uh, Susie Nelson is a huge reason as to why that community has been so successful. The other factor is that community is so important that Facebook actually recently changed their mission statement to include community and actually rolled out five Facebook group updates, which she talks about in this episode. So definitely tune into that one, episode 103, to uh, learn what Facebook group updates mean for us as digital marketers, and also how you can use these features to build and grow your business and make smart, data-driven decisions. I'd like to go back to the very beginning. I remember you told me about the conversation you had with Ryan and how that you guys wanted to do a Facebook group instead of like an online forum where you wouldn't actually own the group. It's kind of risky. And I remember you telling me about how that Facebook group was the biggest game changer ever because people joined DM Engage for the tools, but then they stay for the community. We did try an offline community and it was great in terms of the structure and the different features we were able to add, but no one was ever in the forum, right? Yeah. And I remember you saying that like the biggest reason why DM Engage grew so fast, the, the number one reason why was because you guys went to a Facebook group, even though it was risky at the time. Facebook just makes it so easy. But the, the disadvantage is you do have to fight with all the other content that's on Facebook. So it does take some creative strategy to, you know, cut through all of that noise and really create, you know, a tribe rather than just another Facebook group, just another post that competes with, you know, pictures of people's dogs and babies. Some people are still skeptical, I think, about being among the cluttered crowd. You have a Facebook group and you don't want to compete with all that. Just think about the offline world I've heard this over and over and over again, and it's so true. Think about why all the automotive dealerships are together. You go, and there's about 10 of them usually in you know, certain areas of, of cities. All the different stores, why they built malls to begin with. The reason why the stores want to be together is because there's a lot more people there. So this is why a Facebook group is so much more powerful than an external forum. Susie, what are the benefits for a business, right? Like not just Facebook as a platform, but aside from a place where people can go and talk, like what do you see the business advantages being? The biggest advantage is that you're taking transactional relationships with your customers and making them emotional relationships. Wow. Um, and that's, you know, whatever type of community you have, whether that's, you know, before the sale or after the sale, you know, no matter where they are in that customer journey, you're making emotional relationships and people bond over that. And it's something that they cannot get anywhere else, if that makes sense. So it's something really special and really unique and really adds value to, you know, whatever you're selling or whatever you're offering. It adds brand value because people are forming those emotional relationships. Member-to-member -member relationships is the difference between a community and an audience. If you have a Facebook group and it's mainly, you know, you talking to your members and your members talking back to you, that's an audience and that's okay. If that's, but if you're looking to, you know, form a true tribe and a true community, those member-to-member -member relationships are absolutely key. So in our last section here, just to give you a little inspiration in 2018, we have a couple of sections here where we talk about the importance of having solid selling systems in place and also how much you should pay for a customer. So in episode 106, uh, Molly and myself actually go through this in some pretty specific detail, figuring out that big, big question that every business owner should ask him or herself. How much can I afford to pay to acquire a customer? 
So as soon as you know this, it'll make it a whole lot easier to start generating successful and profitable Facebook campaigns. And we give you guys five metrics to determine exactly how much you can pay to get leads and customers, and then what a successful Facebook ad campaign looks like for your business. So you can quickly as possible, depending on what your business is, uh, achieve a return on that Facebook ad spend. The success of your traffic campaign solely relies on the system that you are sending traffic to, right? Yep. And I use this example a lot, but it it's really important. You know, if you're sending 100 clicks over to a landing page and it's converting it at 40% and say you're paying, you know, a dollar a lead. If for some reason the conversion rate goes down to 20%, now you're paying $2 per lead. The pages and the selling systems that you're sending traffic to directly affect the success of your traffic campaign. And if you don't have a high converting funnel, your traffic isn't going to work. And if you optimize your funnel, if you optimize any step of your funnel, it's only going to make your traffic campaign more successful. So running traffic and buying ads is not a lever that you're going to pull to make a bunch of money. You have to have a real business, a real product or service, and a real fluid funnel that converts. And you're using traffic just like a water hose that you turn on and off when you want more people to go through it. But you're just using traffic to send quality eyeballs through your funnel. So in episode 117, my good buddy Keith and I talk about how to scale your Facebook ads. So we actually did two episodes of this. It's 117 and 118. And you'll learn a three-step strategy, which is simple, but there's lots of parts to it that you have to understand and you have to sort of understand the nuances of each part, especially in this section right here, which Keith will talk about in a little bit more detail, is the importance of those front-facing interactions with your audience, with cold traffic. They really do have to strike a chord. They have to resonate with people. And then we give you a simple three-part strategy or a three-step strategy in order to cultivate that cold traffic. Somebody who doesn't even know who you are into ultimately a lifelong customer to make your campaigns as successful as they possibly can and also have far-reaching effects to grow your business for years and years to come. And remember, very, very important. Most of these videos that are really, really making a huge impact, they're resonating with people emotionally, right? The heart, I'm pointing to my heart right now because a lot of times people think they're making decisions based on logic well, they're actually not. They're actually have already decided subconsciously because their heart has already decided. If you can connect with people where they trust you and feel good about your brand, then their brain will figure out a way to justify. Promise you. A lot of you guys that are super, super, you know, left-brained right now, and you're really analytical, but you're, a lot of times you still have those gut feelings like, oh, okay, I just don't feel right about that, or I'm just going to do it. Well, that's your gut instinct in your heart and the subconscious effect. And that's where this stuff really, really makes a big impact. It sometimes it does take a little bit of time to, to, to get the most ROI. Some of these videos, they usually work right out of the gate, but look out three to six months in, and that's when the cumulative effect really, really kicks in and the compounding effect. Absolutely. 
People don't buy with their head, but with their heart. And the heart is closer to the wallet than the head. So always remember that. And last but not least, episode 128 of this past year, Molly goes into 10 questions that uh, you folks have had in digital marketing and answers them, but also gives you a little bit of inspiration as to how we as marketers have evolved over time. Quoting the great Roy H. Williams, which if you have never read anything from Roy H. Williams, I would highly recommend that you do so. Go out today and buy The Wizard of Ads if you're serious about marketing, serious about copywriting. Definitely pick up that book. But in episode 128, Molly Pittman touches on that as well as answers your top questions from 2017. I love this quote from Roy H. Williams. It says, five minutes in an old book quickly reveals that most of what is being sold today as new insights into human behavior is merely the rediscovery of knowledge we have had for centuries. And Ryan always says this too. We are standing on the shoulders of giants as digital marketers. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of our sort of roundup of the best of perpetual traffic from 2017. So just to give you a little bit of a summary here, some of the best episodes that we felt uh, really hit the mark this year and ones that you as a marketer, you as a business owner should go back and and study and listen to because they're big, big concepts that uh, will also shape the way that we market in 2018. So the first couple were... Episode 123 and 124, we did a two-part show with John Grimshaw. Definitely go back and check that out. Episode 108, where Andrew Tweedo from Funnel Boom came on and talked about the Facebook algorithm. Super important stuff there that's going to shape your Facebook ads in 2018 and beyond. Then go back and check out episode 94, which is Michael Yang from uh, ManyChat, when he talks about messenger bots and the importance of messenger marketing. And then also uh, Mike Stelzner came on in episode 82 and talked about how social is dead. Huge revelation there from Mike Stelzner. Definitely go back and listen to that one. As well as one of our favorite guys, Ryan Dice on episode 104, uh, where he talks about a lot of things that are going to be coming your way that you're going to be seeing uh, with regard to ad blockers and things that you should do to uh, to continue to leverage and grow your business, even despite any of those roadblocks. And then episode 80, go back and check out uh, Molly Pittman talking about Facebook Messenger ads. Listen to it uh, a number of times. She explains everything very clearly for you. That's episode 80. Episode 103 was Susie Nelson, where she talks about community, the importance of it. If you're a business owner, seriously consider forming a community in 2018. And Susie gives you some really good tips there on how to do that. Then episode 106, where uh, Molly talks about how much you should pay for a customer and how to leverage Facebook in order to grow your business. And then episode 117, Keith and myself talk about how to scale up your Facebook ads in a simple three-step strategy. Check that one out. It's something that we'll be talking about a whole lot more in 2018 as the platform changes and continues to evolve. And then last but not least, episode 128, where Molly answers the 10 most important digital marketing questions of 2017. So that is this week's episode, uh, episode 130 here. So check out the show notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 130 of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. Thanks for listening. See ya.
You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Grant, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.